Today on the Coin Week podcast, we are going to talk about a commemorative coin concept under consideration by the U.S. Congress. Before we get into that, let me tell you that the Coin Week podcast is brought to you by PCGS. Speaking of commemorative coins, exclusive PCGS 2020 basketball commemorative coin labels and boxes are available. PCGS is the exclusive Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame grading and authentication partner. Either submit your coins directly or buy graded coins with PCGS premium insert labels from your favorite authorized dealers today. You know that Hall of Famer Michael Jordan wasn't going to miss when he landed that final shot in Game 6 against the Utah Jazz in the NBA Finals, and you can't miss by protecting your coins with PCGS. Today we talk to Holly Rotondi, Executive Director of the Friends of the National World War II Memorial. Holly is working with a bipartisan group of legislators to see the creation of a new commemorative coin program to support the National World War II Memorial. The National World War II Memorial was dedicated on May 29, 2004, and honors the 16 million Americans who served during World War II. The site is beautiful and attracts millions of visitors each year. Time and that degree of wear has taken somewhat of a toll on the monument in recent years, and some repairs are necessary to preserve its beauty for years to come. In our conversation, Holly will tell us about her effort to get the commemorative coin bill passed and what it's like working on such a bill at the ground level. Hi, Holly. Thanks for joining me on the Coin Week podcast. Thanks for having me. A bit of bipartisanship, something that has grown increasingly rare these days. There is pending legislation to authorize the production of a commemorative coin to honor the nation's World War II memorial in Washington, D.C. I wanted to get your insights into why a bill like this is important for the memorial and why the memorial is important for millions of visitors who visit Washington. Sure, yeah. So uh, we're the friends of the National World War II Memorial, and we were actually founded by the folks who built the World War II Memorial. And in 2004, when it was dedicated, it was handed over to the National Park Service for daily care and maintenance. And they do a fantastic job uh, with a very complex memorial. The World War II Memorial is one of the most complex in the National Park Service system because of the pre-existing rainbow pool and the fountains, and it's a it's a fantastic memorial. I always call it the living room of the National Mall. Um, but there's a lot of big picture issues happening at the memorial in the last decade, um, things that are happening um, that because of the National Park Service's $12 billion maintenance backlog, they really just aren't able to address right now. They have a list of major priorities, critical issue items that they just have to take on first. And the World War II Memorial maybe just isn't that critical. And we want to address these issues now, right, As before they become critical. And uh, and so we brought this to Congresswoman Marcy Kaptur. And she, we call her the mother of the World War II Memorial. She introduced the original legislation to build the National World War II Memorial going back to the 1980s four times. And so, we, so it's because of her perseverance that the World War II Memorial sits on the National Mall and so we met with her last August. We shared with her some of our concerns 
about the World War II Memorial and some of the issues going on. There's, you know, some mortar wearing down and there's calcification developing on the granite. And um, some people might have heard there's a crack running down the Atlantic Pavilion and uh, the lighting system needs to be replaced. And so there's some issues. And again, not critical, but they're, they can become critical and over time. And so she really thought, how can we help support the National Park Service during the times that they're experiencing all these challenges? How can we help support the World War II Memorial? How can we make sure that the memorial is in the condition we want it to be for our remaining World War II veterans? There's less than 400,000 of the 16 million who served. How can we make sure it's in the condition we want it to be for the 5 million visitors who come each year without adding any additional burdens to an already overburdened National Park Service? And so that's why we came up with this concept for a commemorative coin. So it would be to take away some of that burden with the National Park Service, help them care for the memorial the way they want it to be cared for. And like I said, they're doing a fantastic job of keeping it running on a daily basis. It's not an easy memorial to run. But kind of take on some of those bigger projects that they'll get to eventually, but let's let's get to them sooner rather than later. How does the idea develop that the way to fund these projects is through a commemorative coin program? Did your organization first think of the U.S. Mint's commemorative coin program, or did Congresswoman Marcy Kaptur propose the idea? We we developed it collaboratively with her. We went into her office. We we talked to her about some of the issues going on, and we brought that up as one of the ideas, and and she jumped on board with it. And and then she uh, reached out to uh, Congressman King's Peter King's office, and so it's really a, a, a bipartisan effort. Do you have any feeling uh, for what the likelihood of success of the legislation is, and when would you expect, if passed, that the coins would be released? So it's we it's because only two um, commemorative coins can be um, approved each year. So it's a it be, it's, so it's a competitive market for commemorative coins. So we are in line. We're hoping if this passes, it would be for 2022. Um, but we, right now, we only have officially 92 co-sponsors. We have to have 290. Um, so it's, it's not easy to get it. We've been making, because of the pandemic, we're not able to go in, obviously, to offices, but we've been making calls. We do about 16 calls, um, you know, a day, twice a week. <laughs> uh, and everyone we talk to, all the congressional staffers, they're they're really enthusiastic about it on a bipartisan level. As soon as they hear about it, it's just a matter of informing the offices, and it just takes a lot of time. Um, So we haven't had any sort of feedback that's been negative. Everything's been very positive. Uh, It's just a matter of getting people to hear about it and getting people signed on. So that's just been the biggest um, challenge. So we just need to get the word out, get people signed on. We're hoping our constituents will reach out to their members and encourage them to really sign on to this really important legislation to keep our memorial looking the way we need it to be and keep it keep it keep it uh, in the condition we need it to be for in perpetuity. What do you see the program being? Is it going to be a multi-coin program? It's a it's actually a multi-coin. It's a $5 gold coins, a $1 silver coin and a half dollar clad coin. So it's multi-coins. Very good. What is the conversation like with members of Congress 
when you're trying to approach them about a commemorative coin project? And what degree of specificity do the members need from you before they decide to sign on and to support it? <laughs> well, we, we're usually talking to the staff at the legislative directors, and they really, we just debrief them on the project, how the funds will be used, and the, you know, why it's necessary. And one of the things that distinguishes this commemorative coin from most commemorative coins is this actually will be going back to the government. I mean, that's very unique because, of course, all commemorative coins go, the, the profits go to a nonprofit. But the non, this nonprofit, the Friends of the National World War II Memorial, is actually giving the money back to the government because we'll be making repairs to the World War II Memorial, which is obviously in the care of the, the, the federal government. So it, it makes it unique among <laughs> among other <laughs> commemorative coins. So in the end, it will save taxpayer money because, of course, the National Park Service, you know, eventually would obviously anything that became critical, would they would obviously take care of those repairs. So that would be the burden of the, the taxpayer eventually if uh, this coin didn't pass. Um, but that would, you know, be when they, you know, when the priority became urgent. Um, and so it might take years for them to reach that um that point in time. So that's why for us, it's, we, we want to get to it now. We want to get to it so that it, it eases the burden. We want to get to it before it becomes a critical, critical, urgent need. If the memorial is under the purview of the federal government, uh, and let's be optimistic and say that the coin program sells out, would the raising of this revenue speed up the restoration? Uh, and would that work be handled by the government or by outside contractors? Yep. So we would be able to hire the contract. So we've worked with the Park Service in the past, even currently. We um, so in 2014, the Congress passed and President Obama signed legislation authorizing um, the Secretary of Interior to add FDR's D-Day prayer to the memorial, but said no federal funds may be used. So the National Park Service asked us to take on the take the lead of the project and do the fundraising and hire the architect team. So we've done this type of project before where we take the lead in all of the project management. So that would be the type of relationship where it's it's for their benefit, but we're we're the project lead. Would a complete sellout of the program fund the restoration in its entirety, or would it just be part of a larger financial puzzle? No, I believe it would cover um, the projects. I mean, we don't have a complete estimate of, I mean, because, you know, we don't know exactly what the cracks um, will entail. But, I I mean, I, I have every confidence that it will, um, like I said, the, the lighting six years ago was estimated about 500000 and uh and estimates haven't been done for everything, but I'm confident because, if it was completely sold out, it would be about $9.5 million. So we believe that that would cover all of the costs of the repairs that we currently would like to to make. Do you have ideas of the kinds of designs you would like to see on the coins? Um, well, that would be something. So once the bill was passed, the um, the Mint would reach out to us and we would work collaboratively with them. I mean, obviously, we would like to see... <laughs> Um, something iconic from the memorial itself to really represent the memorial. Um, we haven't, 
we haven't really sat down and thought about it because, of course, that would be a collaboration with the Mint itself. Well, one suggestion I might make from a numismatist perspective, collectors do not enjoy the idea of a program with shared design elements. That is like the same reverse or obverse on all the coins. Uh, they like allegorical elements uh, instead of literal ones uh, on the design and would prefer coins struck at a higher relief, uh, which is something the Mint hasn't really done too much of in recent years. Uh, so my advice to you, if you want to sell out the program, is when you talk to your partners at the Mint, ask about some of these uh, some of these issues uh, that uh, collectors are, are are very enthusiastic about, and see how many of them could be implemented. Oh, great! Well, thank you. We appreciate any advice we can get. <laughs> well, good luck with the legislation. Uh, I'm sure you'll find members of Congress receptive to the idea and. As a collector, I look forward to seeing the new coin programs from the United States Mint, especially ones of great national interest. Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you. If you like this program, please share it with your friends. Remember, you can download every episode of the Coin Week podcast for free or stream it online, uh, either by going to Coin Week or downloading it from the iTunes store. For Coin Week, I'm editor Charles Morgan. Until next time, happy collecting.